0: thank you for listening to the wonder podcast i'm joe vacanti it's our desire that you would take this message and that you would choose to live the life god always imagined for you pre-season pre-season is so essential does it really feel that way? I mean, we know in the Bill's preseason, all our starters aren't playing every game. So maybe you watch a game, maybe you don't. And in the preseason, you got to know we are not showing all of our plays. And our record, you know, we're two and one this year. But records are no indication of what happens at the end of the year. When I was a teenager, the Buffalo Bills, the first year they went to the Super Bowl, their preseason record was zero and four. They lost every game. And yet we go to the Super Bowl. Because the preseason record is really no indication how the season's going to end. But we know the preseason is essential because all the coaches... It gives them a picture of the depth that's on our team. And it actually helps to inform our game plan in the season. God had a preseason. See, God is outside of time, which I'm not going to stand up here and act like I get all that with my brain. But he's outside of time. In fact, he created time. So here is God outside of time, and he is looking in, in the future. He sees everything. and He's looking into the future. He's looking at how his team is going to perform. And he looks at mankind, and he looks at us. He sees there's going to be some injuries. Maybe you've had an injury or two. Maybe someone inflicted an injury upon you. And you've been working through an injury. God sees all the trades that are gonna happen. They were on his team and now they're not on his team. I mean, God saw how we were going to play the game. And so, God, in creating mankind, had a preseason and he came up with a design and a plan for the season to come. And in Romans 8, we get a glimpse of God's pre-season plan that he designed. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh. But according to the Spirit, God saw and knew, our team is terrible. I mean, he's looking and saying, there's a point in time, I'm going to give our team 10 plays, that's it, 10 plays for them to follow. And he saw, we failed at every one of them. This law, these plays, was called the Ten Commandments. And a lot of times we look at the Ten Commandments as like the ceiling. It's like, oh, man, those are my aspirational goals, like hopefully one day. But the Ten Commandments are not the ceiling. They're actually the floor. It's like basic common humanity 101. It's like, oh, God, I hope hope one day I could not murder anybody. I just hope. I can accomplish that goal. Oh god, I, I'm working. I, I hope one day I won't take my neighbor's wife. Uh, I just I hope I can get that one. I mean, we act like it's the ceiling, but it's the basic bottom floor. Do not steal, do not lie. It's like god is constantly blowing the whistle. Whistle, false start, whistle, false start, false start, false start. Now, do we really need God to tell us how terrible the team is? Because don't we know how terrible we are? I mean, how many false starts and whistles were blown this morning on the way to come here? It's like false start, false start, false start, whistle blown, whistle blown. We kind of know. So God in the preseason decides they're not going to be able to execute these plays. And they will suffer a penalty. And that penalty for us wasn't a five-yard or a 10 yard, it's separation from him because he wanted a relationship with us. And because God is love, anytime we are unloving, it separates us from who he is. So God saw this coming. God knew I'm holy, they are not. I'm seeing this coming. So I'm gonna have to have another plan. Now, when we watch the Buffalo Bills play in the preseason, How many of you have confidence we're going to have a winning season? See, the reason why we have confidence watching the preseason is because we know who's standing on the sideline next to the coach, Josh Allen. Just like when I was a teenager, I knew on the sideline, Jim Kelly, we're going to win. In fact, if you're really honest, when you watch the preseason, you're not even thinking are we going to have a winning season? You've already jumped knowing we got Josh Allen, knowing that we had Jim Kelly. You're already jumping to how far are we going to go in the playoffs? Like, that's what I want to jump to. That's what I in fact maybe one person every year that might be in this community says, we're going to the Super Bowl every year. For the past 46 years they have believed this. See God's preseason Before humanity, right next to God, stood Jesus Christ. Jesus was right there in the beginning. And God knew he was sending Jesus in. Jesus was God's plan A. For every penalty flag blown, Jesus would take the penalty required. Every time there was a false start, Jesus would take the fall for that penalty. That's why before the season even began, we were gonna win. We were gonna go to the Super Bowl, before it even began. Because he knew that Jesus would enter the game with the way he lived his life, with the way he died on that cross, and the way he rose from the dead, which is basically the Super Bowl. He knew we were gonna win. Now it would be really funny if you're watching a Bills game, and there is a penalty called on a player holding. And the player just points to himself. It was me. It was me. Me, 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 woo, holding, right? You never see players dance and excited about the penalty. Because the NFL, the NFL does a really great job at highlighting shame. And it's before our eyes. I mean, when a player holds, you knew. It was me. But we don't stop there at the NFL. We throw a flag. A referee blows a whistle. He announces it in front of everybody. The player already knows I messed up. But we're going to announce it on the big speaker. Holding number 71. But the NFL doesn't stop there at announcing it on the big speaker. It's on the Jumbotron. Camera guys, everyone, get the cameras. Zoom in on the players. He's walking back to the huddle. And you see them walking back going, oh. they, they, they know they're up there. They, I mean, so they've announced it. They've showed them on the Jumbotron. But the NFL doesn't stop there at shaming you. For everyone watching the Jumbotron on TV, we're going to watch them commit this crime in slow motion. See, the greatest preseason strategy ever for humanity was Romans 8, one. for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because in your life evil's going to throw a flag at any point evil is going to constantly try to blow the whistle on you every time you have a false start and maybe you just got to start dancing and it's like yeah I did it he'll acquit it I'll did it. He'll acquit it. But of course, we don't dance because we know that we're not happy about false starts in our lives. I mean, if you're happy about your false starts, we have a bigger problem here. But if you desire to live a life on the field, if you desire to live a life following Jesus, you are going to have critics. In fact, it's not just evil. It'll be people on the stands there will be people throwing flags every time you have a false start. There will be people who are not in the game, but they have time to literally sit on the sidelines. They sit on the stands and they just love it when you have a false start. In fact, it's like, hey everyone, look at the Jumbotron. Let's look at what they did. Let's bring it back up in slow motion. If you're going to live a life on the field, you're going to have to learn what to do with the critics. You can't let them win. Because what people do is they get out of the game. They let the critics win, and they go on the sideline and just sit there. And Sometimes it's even worse. They start becoming a critic and start condemning and start throwing flags. People will wonder, we must not be people who sit on the sidelines, but people who are in the game because we were made for this adventure to live it. And God lets us know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking, because I was kind of thinking it, because curious minds ask, okay, if, if God pre season no condemnation, does this mean like I can do like whatever I want? And God just has to forgive it, puts it on Jesus. Well, in God's preseason, he knew there would be people like us with these kinds of minds. So he wrote in the playbook in advance an answer. And in Romans 6, it says a few verses earlier, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How? Can we live in it any longer? See, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, it is an ongoing choice to leave one direction and live in another. And so, although we may have false starts, we're falling forward. We're not celebrating and falling backwards. It would not make sense for us to give our lives to Him and yet desire and want to live the old way. So, Jesus saves us. We win. That's how we start the season. We know how it ends. But here's the greatest challenge for every one of us. We still have to play the game. And this is where our preseason planning begins. Romans 8 says this, a few verses later, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind is governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Our Preseason begins in our minds and we must construct a worldview that becomes the game plan for how we're going to choose to live with character and the way that we are to live. Our character and our way is informed by the life of Jesus and by the scriptures and we must set in our minds a worldview ahead of time before we enter into the season. And often these are ongoing. When we come to Christ, we don't have everything figured out, but it's where we begin to discover and we continue to grow. It's why we encourage everyone to to read God's word. And this is where we begin to to construct our pre-season game plan in our mind. Because how are we convinced? You know, we all live in the bubble of ourselves, right? We don't always see our blind spots. We don't see where we miss it. So this is how we come to a point where we say, how do I know if I'm following the spirit or the flesh? Because we all have blind spots. Now, Galatians 5 gives us a contrast of spirit and flesh. So we can kind of get a glimpse of what it could be like here. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit. goes on to say, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there's no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I love how this scripture opens up with like the answer to help us. Very, I'm a very practical person. I want practical. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See, if you focus your time and your choices on walking in the spirit, you're not gonna have time for the flesh. That's why I like staying busy. Like let's keep busy doing all the things that the spirit would do because then we're not even gonna have time to do the things that our old nature would maybe want to do. That's why we encourage everyone with this phrase. We said, bring life wherever you go. Bring love and hope and faith. Because here's what is the truth and is true for all of us. that ultimately, our actions reveal our worldviews, not what we say we believe. It comes down to what we do, not what we say we believe that ultimately determines what our true worldview is. So here's something we could do. Here's a practical application for me, for you. Map out what you do. Right? Map out your actions. So every season, now this is type A for type A people. But every season, I make a map of every 30 minutes of my entire work, my, my week. So seven days a week, every 30 minutes, I have it mapped out. Because I want to know, what can I humanly fit possible in a, in a week? And I want to know, like, what, what's my time actually going to? Because I don't want to say I, I believe in certain things, but when I look at my time, I'm not actually putting, the actions don't match what I'm going to do. So it's like reverse engineering your life. It's a way to really find out what you're really made of. I, I could say, I believe that taking care of yourself is important. Say in front of my kids. Hey, you know, I got three kids. Hey, guys, you got to take care of yourself. It's important. But if I don't work out, they're not going to believe me. In fact, I don't work out. So they don't believe me. In fact, Bella and I had this fun thing during the season where I was like, honey, I'm, I'm, I'm actually watching what I'm eating. It was like every time she came out of her bedroom at like late at night, I was sitting in the kitchen munching on something. The kids aren't going to believe me because your actions actually reveal what your true worldviews are. Here's another one. I believe in generosity. Well, how do we know? So what Kate and I did when we first were married is we reverse engineered, we set up a budget and we had line by line where all of our money was going. And that was a way to actually see what do we truly believe? And our goal was with all of our lines was that percentage-wise, our our giving would always be the highest line item in our budget. Because when you actually line everything up and you see where all of our money goes, when Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself, it really believes, do we really hold true to this? Do we actually really live this? Galatians 5:22 to 23 says, "But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control." Now that list could continue on. Because the fruit of the Spirit, the word fruit was actually a singular word. And so the fountainhead, the fruit of the Spirit, is actually love. Love is the fountainhead. And what does love look like? It's joy, it's peace, it's forbearance, it's generous, it's kindness. It's expressed in so many different ways. Love is the fountain. So as a church, let us choose to be a fountain and not a drain. Our challenge for this week, discover what your true worldviews are. Because when our actions don't validate our beliefs, we really don't believe it. And our season will be determined by our preseason plan. We get one precious life to live. Let's make it count. Now, what's cool about this little reverse engineering plan is I decided this week, I'm like, you know, I'm going to map out God's actions. If I can map out what God does, then I can maybe get a glimpse of what God values, what his true worldviews are. So I just did a little windshield wiper in my mind of scripture. Here's just some of my observations God is always working to bring humanity back into a relationship with Him. I also discovered God acts in unpredictable ways for this end. You just can't figure Him out, He's unpredictable. And ultimately, God sacrificed personally for this end. God wanted to bring humanity back to him so bad he gave his son. Scripture reminds us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For there's no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. And today, not only do I want to challenge those who have given your life to Jesus to figure out what your worldview is, but for some of us today, maybe you're at a point where you say, you know, my season isn't going too well. And I've had a lot of false starts. You know, if you're a Christian, it's as simple as just going before God and just confessing. Just like you would as a player on a team. Ah, yeah, I held the guy. I'm going I'm to work on it though, coach. I, I, I don't want to hold this person the next time. I don't want to have another false start. But if you're not a person of faith. Today, maybe for you, you have to receive what God has given to you. And maybe today would be a day that you would, for the first time, you'd cross that line of faith. You'd say, I want to live a life already knowing that in the end, I win. That I have confidence in what God has said, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if today you want to give your life to Jesus, I just want to remind you, Jesus gave us his life. And our life truly begins when we choose to give him ours. So in this room, we come in one direction, but we always leave another. And giving your life to Jesus is simply coming to him and receiving his grace that he offers us, receiving the forgiveness for our sins, but then walking out in a totally different direction and choosing to live every moment of your life for him. So if that's you today, I want to have everybody stand up. If that's you today... Maybe you would make this decision in your heart. Pray this prayer as a a beginning step and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, today, I'm giving you my life. I want to cross that line of faith tonight and this morning. And I give you my life. For every follower of Jesus in this room and you would say, I'm not having a good season. Right now, just... Confess to him, Jesus, right now, I'm giving you my life right now. I don't focus on the past when I did. I'm focusing on right now in this moment. I'm going to leave here today in the beginning to make some decisions and and change my direction. Jesus, right now, I'm giving you my life. Thanks to all who give to Wonder Church. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible. Thanks for listening. And live your life in such a way that'll make the world wonder. There must be more.